I'm Karen. And I'm Michelle. We're sisters. And homeschool moms. Welcome to the Layers of Learning podcast. Where we talk about family style homeschooling. Hi, this is Michelle from Layers of Learning and I'm here with my awesome sister, Karen. Hi, Michelle. How are you doing? I'm doing good. We're going to talk about planning today. We got a question from one of our cool users. She said, all about planning, please. She wants to hear us talk about this. Just bought the new year one and I am so overwhelmed. I thought there would be a day by day breakup and didn't realize I have less than two weeks to plan an entire year. Are there pre-made plans and made up lists of resources all in one place anywhere? Okay, it's not a scripted curriculum. And the reason it's not a scripted curriculum is because we expect you to be directing and deciding on your own educational path. We don't want to tell you exactly which topics to teach, exactly which books to use, or anything like that. We really want it to be you know, mentor-directed and family-fit so it fits your family and your needs. We're also really, really focused on the concept of your kids are learning how to learn. A lot of people think there's a list of facts that you need to know by your senior year of high school. Like these are the facts that you must know. Yeah, and that's not true. That's not true. You could spend an entire year learning about one subject. Like what if you want to learn about Antarctica for an entire year? Your kid would be an amazing, amazing expert on that subject. And that would be super valuable. It doesn't mean that the other continents aren't valuable, but you chose to focus on that. And that's fine. Likewise, you could say, hey, we're going to do an overview of all the continents. And that's fine. So we want your kids to pursue learning, not to pursue one specific list of facts. So that's why it's not scripted. Now, if you're thinking that that means that you now have to make a detailed scripted plan of your whole school year, you're overthinking it. And we're going to tell you and how to do it. You're losing the value of the curriculum in the first place, if you do that. If you're going to script everything, you'd probably be happier with a textbook. But there's real value to having your kids grasp learning in this style. And so we're going to walk you through what you're going to do. Before I even get into that, I want you to imagine for a second that I said to you, hey, today I need you to plan for and shop for all of the groceries and household items and supplies you'll need for the entire next year. Could you do that, Michelle? I probably could, but I guarantee you that by the time a week was out, I would have found out I messed up and have to start over. You know, like there would be gaps, there would be mistakes, there would be adjustments. And you would stress. And I would stress. So that's yeah. what's happening when people look at layers of learning and they go, I have to plan every minute of every day and figure out what I'm going to say. And they go, why did I buy this curriculum? Oh yeah. no, it doesn't have that? What? How can I do yeah. it? I have to plan all of that. They want to know exactly which book they're supposed to be reading when and how many minutes and everything. And that's, again, not in the spirit of layers of learning. So it's not as complicated as you think, though. So we're going to break it down in a few different ways, how you can actually plan for layers of learning effectively. And the very first person who taught me to plan in a minimalist style is sitting right beside me. She's so good. Michelle <laughs> should be named Michelle the minimalist. I am. I am a natural minimalist. <laughs> so that's, if you want to do it, you can do it in this style. So Michelle, really quickly, what is the minimalist style of planning? Basically, it means you don't plan much beyond just this month, I'm going to teach this topic. And you might write down, jot down, hey, this exploration looks good. And that's it. You're done planning. You've just flipped through the book real quick. You've decided, well, we're going to hit the Bronze Age Near East in December. 
And so I think I'm going to have time to do three different activities. And these are the three I want to do. And you're done planning. That was it until you get closer, right? Until you get to the week of. So does that just mean you're being a procrastinator in planning? Okay. I, I, I call it strategic <laughs> procrastination. All right. Okay. And here's the reason. If I were to get together all of the materials I need in August for a lesson that I'm doing in December, I will have forgotten every single thing I prepared and planned. And I would have to go back through it and look through all my planning and remind myself of everything I was going to do, which is essentially planning a second time. Why would you do that? So, <laughs> so just don't and, do it. And just don't do it. Instead, I just pick out, you know, this is what I'm going to do during this month. And a lot of times I don't even plan the specific exploration until we're to the week or the day of the only disadvantage to that is that sometimes you aren't going to have materials that you would have needed if you were going to do the one you really wanted you're going to settle for an exploration that you do have the materials for so like I, I do like to plan enough that I can go well I'm going to need a frog dissection kit that's not something I can run down to the store and get this weekend so I'm going to want to make sure that's ordered ahead of time so in the summertime, when you're doing your planning, you'll choose a couple of those items, like maybe purchase a couple of books to add to your library, maybe purchase a couple of kits or those extra yeah. supplies, like specialized craft supplies that I wouldn't normally have on hand. Yeah, I, I make sure that I get those things. And then if if I have purchased something for a specialized activity, it definitely will go in my planner. So I don't forget to use it. Yeah. The frog kit is now sitting in my cupboard. We, oh, that's a You don't want to dissect it three years actually, later. I actually have a cow eye we've had for like three years. Yeah. Get that in your planner. <laughs> or the trash. I can't or the decide trash. which. I don't know what the expiration date is on cow eyeballs. I'm not sure I, of that. I'm, I really am not sure either. <laughs> I mean, they smell bad from the beginning, so. You might, you might need to look into that expiration. <laughs> no, but it really is true. Like, you do it really effectively with very little planning. Part of it is because you're very experienced. You've been doing this a long time. And so you don't need much planning. But you teach amazing lessons just pulling out the unit and using the yeah. supplies that okay, you have. So, so if you're a minimalist and you do what I do and you just you very, very scantily plan, what happens on the day of the lesson is this. I open the book maybe during the kids' reading time or while they're transitioning between spelling and geography or whatever, right? While they're in their transition time or during lunch, I pull out the unit and I, I scan down and go, oh yeah, I put, I put a star in the margin next to this one. That means I wanted to do it, right? Mm -hmm. That's my that's my planner. I plan. <laughs> I plan. <laughs> and so I will look over the supply list. Yep, we've got the stuff. Great. Kids, this is what you need to go get. And I assign them to go get out different supplies, plop it on the counter. And then I look at the, the numbered list of Here's what we're supposed to do during the steps, this lesson, yeah. do the steps. And I follow it and I say, oh, look, we need a book or a video. Let's pull out a video. I mean, I really do it on the fly. And again, part of that is that I'm experienced. I probably wouldn't, if I had just bought this curriculum, I am positive I would plan more than that on day one for the first month. Yeah. But by the time I was done with a few months of this, I bet I could do the minimalist. Yeah, you kind of get used to the pattern. Yeah. At the beginning, it can be overwhelming because you're absorbing an entire new way of learning. Right. And so you'll probably put more time into planning that will then ease off later. Yeah. Um, Michelle, one of the things that you do that's very minimalist that I like, I'm a person who prints out all my printables ahead of time. You are not. And no. your way is actually better, but 
What's I your have, way? I have done it. Okay, so in the past, I did print them all out ahead of time, and I found out I used like half of them because whatever, life got in the way, right? Or mm-hmm. we changed Well, and you mid-stream. might not be doing that exploration or, yeah. you know. And, and so I ended up, I just print it. I go over to my computer. Again, during a downtime or while the kids are getting out their supplies, I allow for 10 minutes for us to get revved up and ready to go, right? And during that 10 minutes, I can go and print out three or four copies, whatever I need from the printable pack for that lesson. And I don't have to have it done ahead of time. That doesn't work if you don't have a printer in your home, right? If you have to go and get it done from a copy shop, you're going to want to plan a little bit better than that. But you use layers of learning from an iPad and then you just have the printable pack right there. And I I will print it right there while I'm sitting there with the kids in the living room around the table. And I'll say, Hey, Harrison, go grab the things that came off the printer. Run to the printer. (laughs) Cause you just sent them over. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like you're not doing the same explorations or the same school that I'm doing because I spent more time planning. You just minimalist. You yeah. just wing it. Mi- strategic procrastination. There I'm you go. You. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to explain the other extreme of that. And that's what a lot of our families are trying to do. And I will admit, I am one of those perfectionist people pleasing planner types. Like I am that type. I don't plan this way anymore. But this is my natural personality style. So I'm going to explain what that looks like if you are trying to do with layers of learning. Okay. So this is like the planning perfectionist version. First of all, this is someone who wants to have absolute daily lesson plans. You are gathering all of your resources ahead of time, making sure that you are screening them, looking through them, making sure they're acceptable for your kids, writing down the page numbers that you want to read each day, selecting the explorations and writing it in your calendar making sure that on the side you have a list of all of the supplies that you need to purchase or gather. So this is everything that you're doing is written out completely. All of your printables are printed off completely. You're essentially creating a scripted curriculum from an unscripted curriculum. The drawbacks of this are that it's really time consuming. You would feel like, wait a minute, why didn't the curriculum do this for me? Why am I doing all of this work? The truth is it's not intended to be done at all. We don't want (laughs) you to do that. We don't want you to have that level of stress or that level of scripting. We want your kids learning with you and having it be a natural organic experience. We want you to go, oh, they just asked an interesting question about this totally tangent topic. We want you to run with the tangent. Yeah, so flexibility should be built into it. If you're over planning you can't be flexible. Yeah. If you become a slave to your checklist, then you're losing the spirit of layers of learning in the first place. So we we don't want you to be that scripted. We're really focused on teaching kids to learn, not teaching that list of facts. So just let go of the script a little bit. It's really hard. I know because I'm this person. I'm a person who has like bulleted lists and check boxes for everything. Yeah, I'm I'm organized too. Even though I'm a minimalist, I am an organized person and I do lists when they're necessary. You're very organized. Yes. So it doesn't mean that we're talking about sloppy versus organized and pulled together. We're just talking about how much planning do you really need to do? Exactly. Right? And and probably if you're trying to script it, you're going to burn out. You're going to be really super overwhelmed. So I am kind of, I'm naturally that way, but I've learned that's, not healthy for me. <laughs> it wasn't good for me. I was too stressed. So I kind of have a middle road. I'm not a minimalist like you are, Michelle. 
but I'm also striving to not be, you know, the planning perfectionist either. So I, I try to hit the in-between. So the very first thing that I do for this in-between middle-of-the-road planning is I fill out the pacing guide. Do you use that, Michelle? Yes. The pacing guide, basically, that's what I do in the summer. Okay. So I take the pacing guide and it's just a breakdown of month by month. What are you teaching in each subject? So I write down the unit title and I, and I also write down, okay, let's say that we're doing World War II. I really, really want to make sure that we teach the Holocaust. So I write that down. Some years I might not teach the Holocaust because maybe I want to focus on the battles in the Pacific or I want to focus on the Japanese internment camps or, or my boys are into the weaponry, right? So it just depends on what you want to do. But I will write down on there, World War II, that's the unit we're doing. And then underneath, I make a little list of the topics I want to make sure we hit on. I want to do the Holocaust and I want to spend half of my time on that, right? Yeah. So that's what I put on the pacing guide. So that pacing guide is just within the layers of learning planner and it's the first pages in it. So you're basically making an outline of each month, just very generally deciding, hey, am I going to spend one month or two on World War II? Right. Things like that. Right. It's very, it should be very minimal as far as the amount of information that's going on there. It's just supposed to be, this is going to give me a scope of my whole year. Yeah. And if you have never used layers of learning before, just know that we already created that scope for you if you just do a unit a month. Right. That's kind of how it's written, how it's intended. Some families will say, nope, I want to spend two months or three months on that topic, or I'm going to skip that topic. And that's totally fine. It's flexible and that's up to you. That's what the pacing guide is for. But if you've never used layers of learning before, you're just going to plan on one unit a month for each subject, one history unit, one geography unit, one science unit, one art unit. That's very, very basic. And you'll just fill out your pacing guide with that. And the pacing guide doesn't even, it's not dated. It doesn't tell you exactly, you know, how many weeks you're spending on it. It just kind of says like month by month, this is how, what topics you're going to cover. It's very, very basic. Your overall order of things. And it's mostly just a reference for you. That's all it is. It's just to help you. It helps you get your head around what's my year going to look like. Exactly. After that, my version of planning is that I do like to gather some books. I choose a couple that I'm going to purchase for the year that I add to our, you know, home library. And then I also go through my library website and spend some time creating lists so that I can quickly just check those like, out. Like I just you'll have you, you name your list December or well, let's start with September, September list. And then you put in all the books that you would be using during September. Yeah. Yeah. I tend to be a really busy person and that just saves me time. When I go to the library, they've gathered all of those up for me. And then I can actually go and enjoy the library and look at books with my kids because I know, Hey, the librarians did the work for me, you know? So I like to, to spend, I probably spend two hours in the summer, maybe three. And I go through and I create those lists in my library website for each of the units. I, if I didn't do that, it would still be okay, but it helps me to just be efficient with my time as the school year goes on. Some people like to gather web resources in the same way, like they want to put links to things in an online planner or choose YouTube videos from the playlist that we have and preview them and things like that. I don't do that. I just know, hey, the YouTube playlist is already built and I use it. So that's, that's a step that I skip in planning, but... If you feel particularly inclined to preview things and make sure that 
it's age appropriate or, you know, something that you agree with, you might want to preview videos if you chose to. Um, that would be more, more time consuming than I have time for. You know what you're doing each month in the pacing guide. And then you get your library materials together. Then you go through and choose explorations one yeah. by one. I, I choose explorations. This So like in the summer, you're doing this in before the, the school year starts. Yeah, I look at it and I say, hey, I'm doing this unit for a month. I'm going to choose four explorations. So that's like one a week yeah. for each of the subjects, basically. And I'm not 100% with following through, but we're pretty good about it. I'm pretty good at knowing... Yeah, we're going to be into those topics. I am flexible if my kids develop an interest in another way, but I do choose explorations. I jot them down in my planner. So I, I normally just put a star in the margin next to them. I used to use a planner more, and then I realized, I don't really need this. The little star will do. I'm just <laughs> so, a planner person. I know. Like, I I'm, use my planner for everything. And I'm not, but I thought I was. I used to think I was, and I finally realized I'm making myself do this. Why am I making myself do it if I don't enjoy it and I don't actually go back and look at it later, you know? Yeah. That, so it, I, that's a personality. Thing. You have to do what works for yeah. you. Like I would not be happy without my planner and you're not super happy with one. So, you know, you do what makes yeah, you happy. You do, you do what makes you happy. But then as far as the supplies, I do not buy every single supply that's on the supply list at the beginning of the year. But like you, Michelle, if it's a frog dissection kit, I'm going to get it. Right. I also look at it and like if we're in the chemistry year, I do go, okay, if we're going to do these experiments, let's look at the chemicals I need because those are a little bit harder to find. They're not something I can add to my grocery shopping list. It's right. something I need it to order It takes a online. little bit more time and planning. Yeah. And and if you're going to order one chemical, you want to get, like, you don't want to order them one by one. You want to get all 10 that you're going to need for the whole year all in one right. package. Or else you'll get to every single one and be like, I had to pay shipping on that separately or yeah. I'm missing this ingredient. <laughs> yeah. or So when it's like those online things... As I'm choosing explorations and I jot down the title of the exploration, I just quickly look at that bulleted list of supplies. And if there's something that's out of the ordinary, I'll like make a list for the year. Like, oh, let's order these things. And I order them online. I don't do that with all of the supplies. Because if it like needs paper towels, that can, I probably have them. And if I don't, I can get them yeah. from the well, store. Or even, even most craft supplies, you can just go get, pick up construction paper and yeah and so many of those things we naturally have in our homeschool anyway that I don't have a lot of things that I go oh we don't have any of that yeah if you're new to homeschooling there's a good chance you won't have a ton of craft supplies but otherwise you probably do yeah you build up pretty quickly <laughs> yeah and then the printables I kind of go back and forth I'm starting to do it more your way Michelle I've always printed out the printables and prepared them in folders and I love that but I definitely know that we recycle a lot of paper at the end of the year of printables that we didn't use. So I'm yeah, starting to say, maybe I shouldn't do that. That's what I, I used to do that. I had a, I had a folder for each month. They were labeled by the month and I put all the printables I needed for that month into the folders. And then I realized I'm hardly, I, I like, I keep changing my plans. I'm not using all of these. Yeah. So, I mean, you might be a minimalist planner. You might be more of a planning perfectionist. It's probably going to be most people that are somewhere in between, but really it's just the step of choosing your timeline of when you're doing the units, gathering a few resources, and then choosing explorations and noticing if you need something out of the ordinary. So it's, 
not as involved as you would think. Even with a scripted curriculum, you would have to gather resources and you would have to gather, you know, the supplies. That happens anyway. And and get the printables ready and so on. Yeah. So it just depends on your style, how you can be flexible in the actual explorations that you're choosing and the timeline that you're choosing. But we really recommend steering away from creating a scripted curriculum from one that's not intended to be. Yeah. And, and you can plan all in the summer. I, I do my pacing guide all in the summer. So I've kind of got this in my head. I get my head around, okay, what's our next school year going to look like, right? Mm-hmm. But then a lot of people like to plan month by month or week by week. There's no reason why you have to plan everything in the summer at all. Maybe you just plan September. And then if, when you're at, towards the end of September, you're planning October, you know, and that's, yeah. that's how you go through your, that, that works well too. So Michelle, I don't know how you handle this one for sure. Um, this isn't really planning entirely, but prepping your kids' stuff, what do you do for that as a minimalist? Like you've got their student journals, the layers of learning notebook. What do you do to prep for that in the summer? Okay. <laughs> minimalist Michelle, here she goes. Be, this is going to be terrible. You're all going to condemn me. <laughs> so, the minimalist will say, hurrah. <laughs> So first day of school, <laughs> look, kids, all of our junk is here from last year. Let's clean out our boxes. <laughs> See, that would give me a heart attack. <laughs> so, so we clean out our old stuff and they throw away their old papers and stuff. And we take out the tabs from the last year's subject. So like last year it was, you know, we were doing chemistry. This year we're doing physics. So I, we changed the tabs. Mm-hmm. And again, this is on the first day of school, right? This is our, our first day of school is our day to get organized, our day to review what are the rules, you know, what do we expect for Establish routines. Establish routines. And and I, I have the kids help me plan our, every year I have them help me plan what our daily schedule is going to look like. So which subject do we do first? Which subject do we do second? What kinds of things do we want to have be in our morning meeting? I have them help me plan that on that first day of school. Very, very That's collaborative. <laughs> Because, okay, I don't want to spend time doing that. I have better things for my time. So we just do it on the first day of school. <laughs> I, That's like, we clean out all of our stuff on the last day of school. Yes, that would be and way, it, way too. The last day of school, I'm tired of it. I just want to <laughs> stick it in the cupboard and be done. <laughs> I am such a, like, I can't have my mind at rest if things aren't, like, complete. Okay. You know? Yeah. So it would make my summer <laughs> ruined. <laughs> Like I just have ruined. sitting in the closet. You and I have like opposite spectrum illnesses. <laughs> but yeah, that happens at the end of mine. But but it really is easy, even in my version. Like the student journals, I buy the the spiral bound ones that we have. So there's nothing to prep. It's right, ready. Right. The I student just, journals are easy. It's like, oh, I put it in your cupboard. Yeah. Done. You know, <laughs> yeah. yay. And so like their their book of years, their World Explorer Journal, their science notebook, their art sketchbook. I put one of those in each of their, you know, cupboards. Yeah. And honestly, those don't even get traded out every no, year. They, those I last was, for four years. That's what I was going to say. They use it for four years. So it's so. still in their cupboard and we just keep on going. Yeah. You know, until, until they, it's filled up or after the four year the rotation, they start at one, you know, they start it again, but it lasts four years. So that's easy. And then their notebooks, I do clean everything out from the previous year. In fact, the last week of school, we clean everything out and build their portfolios together. And so those are already cleaned out. But I do like insert the tabs for the new if, subject. If the I mean, binders wear out. So if the binders are worn out, we'll just chuck the whole thing and I get new ones. But 
that's as much they as usually they last do. a couple years yeah at least. yeah they usually last a couple years. and we use like a a two-inch binder is that what you use for your layers of learning remember. notebook it's pro- it's yeah probably i think i use a two-inch binder for my kids for that so yeah their student journals are sitting in their desks as well as their layers of learning notebook and then they also have a writer's workshop notebook so that's what i do to prep my kids you know that's the only planning that they have i do get planners for them but i like my kids to write in their planners because i like them to be responsible for it so i fill out my planner during the summer but then each week during our morning meeting we go okay let's go over our week and they write in their so planners. like every monday you yeah fill it Mon- out. monday morning we always do kind of a okay. little planning session okay sometimes i feel like moms who plan everything but don't inform their kids aren't really accomplishing what they intended to because their kids don't know what's going on you know well, yeah, so I like and, to do that with and them the fact that they're okay if if someone else has written it in your planner obviously you can read it but does it really impact your mind and do you remember it yeah. no it, it, you have to actually do the act of writing it in and that gives you ownership and makes you feel like it not only it was your mom's plan imposed on you but now it's your plan yeah and with tiny kids I don't even bother they just kind of join in on the history and geography lessons they don't they don't need like they do have their little checklist of their written work that they do because I'm teaching them how to accomplish what's in their planner so that when they're bigger. But I don't have anything extra written into it. But once my kids are big enough to write independently, then on Monday morning, they kind of get involved in my plans. And you told me that you um, like have your kids help decide on explorations and things sometimes. Yeah. So that yeah. would be all part of the planning. Whether you're minimalist or not, it's like, okay, let's... This week, what are we going to accomplish? Kind of a right. thing. Right. And seriously, if you're a minimalist, you could do all the planning right there with your kids and boom, you're done. Done. <laughs> Taken care of. <laughs> but then um, as far as other things my kids need, it's basically just basic school supplies that we go purchase. It's not. Yeah. It's like, it's exciting to go and, oh, the school supplies are on sale and we go buy yeah, our new and pencils. Like, and we... I, I buy the school supplies during... The sales? In, in August during the sales. In fact, yeah. I need to get some more glue sticks. That reminds me. Yeah. <laughs> I need masking tape right now. It's on my radar. <laughs> anyway, we go through a lot of glue sticks. But <laughs> but uh, I just have the kids empty out their box. I have plastic bins that they keep their things in. Uh-huh. And they, they stay in my closet and then they pull them out during school every day and then put them back. Yeah. So we have I have them empty out their plastic bins. You know, they'll have books from that they were reading from last year that are still in there. They'll have old workbooks that for papers and some extra subject that we were doing that's still in there random papers all the papers that are in their layers of learning notebook and that binder those are still there and sometimes there will be books from a subject that we did but it was like a one semester subject and we're not doing it anymore and that stuff all comes out and then we put in the new things like here's your brand new um, spiral notebook that you're going to use for math and here's your brand new uh erasers and pencils and glue stick and scissors and whatever they need. They yeah, just basic supplies. And, yeah. yeah. But it's fun. And on the first day of school, they're like, yay, fresh and clean stuff. Yeah. And, and like I put all of my kids stuff in a bag and give them like a gift bag with that stuff in it. And then they kind of move into their desks. But I, I am more uh, like crazy about that stuff than you are. Like oh, I have sure. to have it checked off in my mind for my mind okay, to be this, at this rest. Is, this is so 
funny because when we were kids, Karen was messy. We were the opposite. Oh my gosh, she was messy. I turned into you, you turned into me. She drove me (laughs) nuts. Okay, except that I'm, I have never been, Karen had, she likes things, okay? I still like things. (laughs) She likes things and I do not like things because you have to take care of and maintain and clean and store and look at the things. (laughs) You're a minimalist in every aspect. Yes. And she would have like all of her junk all over the shelves in our bedroom when we were kids. We shared a room. Yeah. And, and she wasn't good about cleaning up her clothes either. She stuffed them under the bed or in the closet and thought that that was cleaning. The Drove funny thing crazy. is that that drives me crazy now. Like yes. I could never. She changed. And I don't know when yeah. exactly it happened, but she changed. I think it happened. Well, okay. I think I just outgrew some of that messiness. But for sure, when I was in college and had roommates that were messy, and then I realized <laughs> what that does to you. Eye-opening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm I'm super organized now. I can't, I can't not be. But I like my kids to be organized with things because it saves me time too. So like when I'm setting up their stuff for the year, their student journals and their notebooks, I do like it to be organized. I like them to know that like the student journal, that's kind of their place to record what they're learning. It's mostly ungraded. It's very relaxed. Their notebooks are more filled with like the graded things that I have higher expectations for. I don't know if you do it that way, but it's kind of like that might go in your portfolio. So do a really good job kind of a thing. But I do like to have their basic organization set up at the beginning. So I kind of put those things in their, in their cupboards ahead of time. They have their new math book. They have their yeah. You know, I just, I just do it with them on that first day of school. So that, I guess you could call yeah. that planning, but really it's sort of set up. But I, I think that does count as planning. Like when you're setting up your homeschool year, it's not just writing down things in your planner. It's also figuring out logistics, and figuring out logistics yeah. and getting their, their notebooks put together correctly. Yeah. Which, okay. By the way, the layers of learning notebooks, the, the binder that kids use is very simple. Just four dividers. One for history, one for geography, one for science, and one for art. Yeah, and they're That's just it. they're just putting their printables or written assignments yeah. right in there. And all through the curriculum, we tell you, put this paper in your layers of learning notebook in the geography section. Like it's, yeah. it, We tell you all through it when to put things there, so it's extremely simple. Yeah, and you don't really need to plan out ahead like, oh my goodness, did I... Did I get enough papers for that or something? Yeah, it's just, just, just have a binder just for each relax. kid with, with four dividers. That's it. Yeah. And then the only other thing that I would say has helped with my planning success. I mentioned, Michelle, that I don't like make lists of every single thing that I need for each exploration. That's because the lists are already there. Yeah. The bulleted lists show you exactly what there. you need. So instead, I kind of have my magical Friday time, like every Friday afternoon, I basically go through and grade any papers that need to be graded. I check off my kids' planners for the week and make sure that they really, you know, did everything well and that we accomplished everything. I do the same thing with my planner. If we didn't get to something, I move it to the next week, kind of a deal. And then I also just briefly glance over the next week, like, oh, what are the four explorations that we're doing? And when I do that, I see right there the bulleted lists, and if I need something... I add it to the my little grocery app that I use, and it's on my shopping well, list, and, you know and it's what, added. What works well if you if, if you're planning your explorations ahead of time, just take a highlighter and highlight the things that you're gonna need. You know that you're gonna have to pick up later, like the specialty items or the food things that need to be fresh. You know, you can yeah. highlight that. 
And if it's highlighted, your eye is drawn to it and you can go, oh, I need to remember to get that. Yeah. If we're having a Greek feast, I'm not going to buy that in the summertime yeah. anyway. But so. you can do that right in the Layers of Learning book. You don't have to have it a separate list somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. So it, it depends on what you want to do, but you do need to kind of have a time where you go, oh, what will I need for next week if you're going to go to the grocery store? So that's kind of part of my mental to-do list that happens. It's not any different than the way that I meal plan. I go, okay, next week we're having these meals, so what do I need? Oh, next week we're learning these things, so what do I need? It's yeah. just part of what I do when I prepare my grocery shopping list. So because I'm a list person, that's my method. Michelle, you'd be more likely to just choose the exploration of the stuff that you have. Yeah. Which although, is possible too. Although, like I said, I do put a star next to things that I know I'm going to want. And if it's, I do plan out specialty items ahead if I know that I'm going to need it. But if I get to the day of and I realize, oops, I don't have everything. I just move to a different exploration. I don't let it bother me. Yeah. So what about your high school kids? Is it any different for them in the way that you plan? No. I think it gets easier the older they get. Because the older they get, the more easy it is for you to tell them, go and grab these things from the cupboard and go set up the supplies. And you can be reading through the lesson real quick while they're gathering supplies, you know. Whereas if you've got little ones, that's a lot harder to do with them. I think I plan a little bit differently for my high schoolers. I guess the main difference for me is that I switch them from the paper planner to the OneNote planner. I use an online version. And so because I do that, I do end up adding links to things. Like if we're doing, um, like Earth and Space is what we're doing this year. And while we're doing that, I'm going to have my kids do one of the Khan Academy astronomy things. Oh, yeah. And so you want to link. So I link to it. So you tell them during this week, you need to read this or watch these videos kind of. Yeah, but it's not even during this week. Probably it's probably during this month, like because oh, it's a okay. whole series, you know. So I do one yeah. link for their whole thing, okay. not for. It's not like I plan day by day. Here's what you have to do each day, and here are your millions of links. I just kind of look at it like I've told you that I look at the semesters. Yeah. When I'm doing high school kids, I do the same thing in this. It's like, oh, in addition to what we do in layers of learning, I also expect you to read these few books that go with this semester. I expect you to take these couple of online classes that go with this semester. And even if they're not doing the astronomy at, at the exact same units that we are doing it, they're getting it during the semester. Does that make it's, sense? It's like, close enough. And they're they're old enough, their minds are mature enough that they can connect the dots without it being on the same day. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't worry about the day-to-day, -day, but I do say, oh, in addition, I'm going to have you do these couple of things independently that, you know, we're doing family school and you're doing this because yeah, you're in high school. So what, what you do to make that work is you have a separate time of the day before lunch when you call it seat work, don't you? Yeah, it's it, we call it written work. Oh, written work. But okay. Yeah. You call it yeah. So so during written work, that's their independent time. And it's it's a block of like what, 3 hours? Yeah, we have like 3 hours and they they manage themselves mostly and they have, you know, if they don't have something to do, then they surely have something to do because I've outlined, "Hey, these are the things that you're going to do this semester." Nearly all of our day is joint except math math is independent, but they're all doing it at the same time as each other. Yeah. And then for us, spelling, I guess spelling is independent, but we're all sitting there doing it out loud together, you know? Yeah. And then reading is independent. But again, it, there's a timer going and they're all doing it at the same time. But everything else about our day is, is joint family school. That's partly that is an outgrowth of having so many dyslexic non-readers. It was so much easier 
like do it like all. instead of having them each go do their foreign language independently we sit there and do latin together like we do that yeah. for tons of our subjects because i had kids who couldn't read but they could learn yeah but they couldn't read well so we did it out loud together and it worked so you kept doing it yes yeah. yeah, we do a lot of that, but my high schoolers do go off a little bit more independently for part of their day. And so I add on just extra courses or videos or, you know, resources or assignments that are like, okay, for this semester, I'm going to have you write three papers and read four books about these overall topics. So I do a little bit more planning for my high schoolers in that way, but not a ton. It's not terribly different. Overall, Michelle, how much time, how many hours do you think you spend or days or what? Minimalist Michelle, how much time do you spend planning in the summer? I spend one day. I, t- I take I take a whole day and I go, okay, today is my layers of learning planning day or my school planning day. It's not just layers of learning. It's yeah. everything. But, and, I, and I look through and I go, okay, what math books did my kids finish and which ones do they need for next year? And, and you know, what uh, do they need fresh spelling notebooks? Do they need fresh... Uh, math binders. You're like, like you make, what, what do I make need? Make a list of your and school I make supplies. A list and I shop that day all at once and I buy it all. I do my pacing guide for layers of learning. I look up, do we need any specialty supplies? And I look up what are a few books that I want to buy for this year. And I get my kids for the last couple of years. I do what you do. And I have the kind of a present at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And I give them their present last year. They got slippers in it as well as a couple of books, you know, like I want slippers in mine this year. Hey, the slippers are awesome. I need that. <laughs> when you're a homeschooler, you need cozy things. Yeah. So I don't know why I don't wear slippers to school. I've just, boom. I'm just doing it now. What have you been doing wrong all this time? I wear socks, but now I'm getting slippers. <laughs> it never occurred to me. I need better footwear yeah, for my we, we homeschool year. Anyway, so so that takes me a day. Like I spend that whole day doing that and that's it. The rest of the year, I'm while we're doing school, the kids are engaged in coloring a map or whatever. I'm glancing through the next week or two to see, are there any specialty items I need to make sure I get? And then I make a mental note of that and or I shop for it right there while I'm sitting at the table with the kids. So I would say that I probably spend a week planning in the summer. And that week would just consist of me making that pacing guide, choosing explorations. The longest part is probably me making the library lists. And yeah. and then also my, I kind of make Amazon wish lists the same way. Like I add things to my Amazon cart and then I look at the cart and go, okay, now what's my budget? Let's I know. whittle this down. <laughs> I know, that's what I do so too. It, it, really, it's budget oriented. It's like, okay, how much do I actually have? Yeah. And if, I would like to get all of those books, but guess what? Yeah. And so then I, you know purchase once I've cut it back a little bit and I prepare their little gifts, you know, their supply gifts and all of that. But all of the things that I do and building the one note planners for my high schoolers, actually printing and binding the planners for my younger kids, the notes that I jot down, everything I'm done with in a week. And I probably spend, I don't know, I have maybe four hours a day that I do okay. it. I, I, I would say I probably spend a good solid eight hours. But I do not do the library lists. I have my kids go get their own or we just browse while we're there. Or sometimes I will do, we we live way out in the country and the bookmobile comes out where we live. So I will just do a hold and I do it a month at a time. So I just do holds and then I go pick up the holds from the bookmobile. Yeah, see, I, I just do all of it during the summer for my hold lists. But then when I say like, get it they just package it for me so i just love that so much because i yeah i i just busy. I, so i guess you just do you it know, as you go I do that, but i do, I do it as it. i go and i don't count it as planning time because i might spend 
I mean, it is, I guess, but I might spend 20 or 30 minutes on it and it's only once a month and I just don't, I don't know. Yeah. You just do it as you go and I do it in the summer ahead of time. But yeah, it does not need to be a super, super involved process to plan for layers of learning. I think what happens is that when people start, they feel like it is because it's all really unfamiliar territory and a new style of learning. But once you're two or three months in, you'll relax a lot and see the pattern in it. And it doesn't have to be excruciatingly detailed planning that happens. And so you might spend a lot of time the first year for the first month. But know that that isn't going to be the way it always is. Even if you're a minimalist or whether you're kind of an average planner, you know, you do a little bit of planning and it actually goes a really long way. Thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating wherever you listen. Ratings and comments help people find happy family-style homeschooling. Visit us at layersoflearning.com, at Instagram, and on our Facebook group. And make sure to tune in next month for the next podcast. In the meantime, we wish you happiness in your homeschool. Have fun learning! learning.